You're listening to the Riverwalk, a ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today's episode and message is about baptism and obedience, looking at the example of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. We hope you enjoy. This morning we're going to look at a passage in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8. Today is Baptism Sunday. You know, there is a lot of discussion around baptism. And I don't know if I've ever preached a sermon just on baptism alone, but I kind of want to just kind of clear the air about some things about baptism. This shouldn't be complicated because I believe the Bible is pretty clear, pretty simple on the subject, but there is all kinds of strange doctrines and beliefs about baptism. And I believe the Bible, especially especially through this passage we're about to read in a minute, really clarifies it. It's got just about every kind of issue, any kind of question you have about baptism, it's answered in this passage we're going to read. But before we get there, before we get there, I want to kind of explain explain to you how I explain baptism to somebody. Y'all, nobody was there because none, none of y'all knew me, I don't think. Trisha knew me. Uh, but eight years ago, me and Carissa were married, right? We had a great, big, beautiful ceremony. It was more money than I wanted to spend, of course. And we had a ceremony. We, we got married. We got married in a chapel at the Louisiana Baptist Children's Home. It was a beautiful wedding. We got up and we got in front of a minister and we said vows to each other. And from the minute that the minister said, I now pronounce you man and wife, we were married. That's how it happens. That's how most of us are married. And we could have went to the courthouse and I guess the the judge could have said that. Or we could have went to Vegas to the little chapel and they could have said that. But from that moment on, we were married. We were husband and wife and we made vows to each other. Part of that vow was exchanging a wedding ring. Uh, when I go out, I wear my wedding ring, and wedding, wedding ring, excuse me, and they see that. It was a decision we made to, to say vows and, and get in a relationship together. I want to tell you this morning, being a Christian is more about being dunked in water. Being a Christian is more about just getting some hell insurance. Being a Christian is more about just going to heaven. Being a Christian is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you make that decision to have a relationship with Jesus, you can either have a very good relationship with Jesus or a very bad relationship with Jesus. After me and Carissa got married, we drove off, and my truck was just in horrible shape because people put toothpaste and shaving cream and toilet paper. But we drove off, and we were happy. We were happy, and we stayed the night in Shreveport, and the next day we flew off and had a honeymoon period. And that's the way a marriage is supposed to work. You're supposed to have a honeymoon period. Our, Our marriage hasn't been perfect. We're two imperfect human beings, but nothing can change the fact that we're married. The same way, whenever you make a commitment to follow Christ, you're in a relationship with Him and nothing can change that. Now, here's the thing about our marriage. I could have made that commitment and we could have drove off and I could have dropped Carissa off at a house and I could have went on my merry merry way and do whatever I wanted to do. Carissa could have done the same with me. She could have left me at the church. Well, I'm married now. It's done. That would have been a very bad start to our marriage. 
Today, when we're together, I could make the decision to get all, all dressed up nice, and I could make the decision to leave her at the house, and I could take my wedding ring off. That wouldn't be a very appropriate thing, would it? I want you to see through this story about baptism, that's kind of the same thing when we're talking about a relationship with Christ. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is just a sign, kind of like a marriage, kind of like this wedding ring, showing the world that, hey, from now on, I'm in a relationship with Jesus. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed to wear my wedding ring and and show everybody that. Is the relationship with Jesus going to be perfect? No, you're imperfect. You'll never be perfect. Are you going to let Jesus down sometimes? Probably Do I let Jesus down sometimes? Probably. Actually, it's not probably. I know I do. But that's what what baptism is. Some strange doctrines about baptism today. And see, I'm one of those guys, I I wouldn't even listen to what I said if I was in your position. I'd want to know if what Brother Kevin said backed up what the book of Acts says or what the Bible says as a whole. For example, I've heard people say, well, getting baptized as an infant. Folks, I want to tell you, there's not one example of that, not one example of that in the whole Bible of an infant being baptized. People say, well, you know, uh, there's no reason to get baptized. I, I had a good friend of mine, and uh, his pastor encouraged him to be baptized. And he said, well, I don't need to be baptized. I've made a decision to follow Christ. I was baptized in the heart. I was baptized by the Holy Spirit. There's not an example of that in the Bible either. You go read all through the book of Acts, all through the Bible, people were saved and people were baptized. And they weren't just baptized by a sprinkle, they were baptized by submersion. People will say that you had to be baptized in a certain way or you got to come out of the water a certain way. Well, there's examples of all those different ways, but you'll see in the story we're about to read, there's no prerequisite about whose name you're baptized in or who how you come up. Now, there's examples of when to be baptized and why not to be baptized. And this little story about the Ethiopian eunuch tells us all of that. So I'm going to read through it this morning. And I hope, I hope you leave here and I hope you have most of your questions about baptism answered. And listen, this is not a Baptist thing. This is not a Brother Kevin thing. This is a Bible thing. And I think you're going to see it just plain and black and white. And if you're ever questioned on it, if you're ever challenged on it, just remember Acts 8. One of my favorite stories in the Bible for a number of reasons. It begins in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth, and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. 
So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is much water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities that he came to Caesarea. What an amazing story. I get so much out of the story. Oh, you know, I wish that the Christian today would be like Philip. I wish we could be to that spot where if the Holy Spirit said, Hey, you need to go to the desert, and there's somebody there waiting on you. Wouldn't that be great if we all answered like that? We're supposed to. We're supposed to answer like Philip. When God says go, we're supposed to pick up and go. It says Philip actually ran to the chariot. Okay, Lord, here's the guy. This is my one. You could read on the back of your bulletin this morning about who's your one. We all know somebody. And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit has all led us to somebody. But usually we don't go willingly. We go kicking and screaming if we go at all. I read this story and you know what? It answers so many questions for me. If I had to put a question in the box on Sunday nights, we, we do a study session basically on your question. My question would be something that plagues me all the time. What if somebody has never heard of Jesus? You know, there's people all over the world that can't get their hands on a Bible. That there's no missionary there. And it bothers me deep in my soul, how, how does that work? But I think part of this story is that God's showing us the way this works. Somehow, some way, God will provide a way for those who seek Him. Here is an Ethiopian eunuch, and somehow he got his hands on the Old Testament. Somehow he got his hands on the book of Isaiah, and somehow, some way, in that big Old Testament, he found the passage that was talking about Jesus. And if that wasn't enough, God sent him someone to explain the Scripture to him. I want to tell you this morning, seek the Lord and He will be found. And I also want to tell you that this was an example of a divine appointment. And this morning, I want you all to know that divine appointments happen all the time. I want you to know that it is a very real possibility, and I believe it's, it's a matter of fact that this morning, right now, is a divine appointment for you and a divine appointment for me that you are not here by accident. You are here to learn, and God's going to show you something new that you never thought about. This is a divine appointment. Tomorrow, you'll have a divine appointment with somebody, somebody that needs to see you or needs to talk to you. Think about this. this. This is the beginning before baptism happens. This is so very special to know. Think about this, the miraculousness of this. Think about how awesome this is. The very creator of the universe, the one who made the sand on the sea, the one who made the star, stars, he desires a relationship with you so bad that he has made a way for you to hear the gospel. He wants you to know more about Him. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to have eternal life so much so that He found a way for this Ethiopian eunuch. And He has made a way for everybody in here this morning to make it happen too.
Man, that is so special. When me and Carissa were dating, I wanted to make it happen too. I, I had an affection for her too, and I wanted to make it happen. But even more than that, even more than that, when I think about how the creator of the universe sook me out and sook you out, how special is that? But here's the thing. It was up to that Ethiopian eunuch. It was his decision to make, and it is your decision to make. Whether you've already made it or if it's here this morning, it's your decision to make whether you accept it or whether you reject it. And we see right here that this eunuch said, Okay, I get it. I get it. This ain't no accident that, that you came here to me. It's no accident that, that this is who you're talking about. It makes perfect sense. I found what I've been missing, and I, I figured it out. So this guy makes a profession of faith. And I want you to know that Philip did not preach anything but Jesus. He did not preach baptism. This morning, I'm not preaching baptism. I'm preaching Jesus. It's so important that you don't miss this point this morning. He didn't preach the Holy Ghost. He preached Jesus. He preached, in verse 35, he preached what this guy needed to hear. He preached what the Old Testament talked about. He preached to this guy that he was a sinner and he needed a Savior. And any good relationship, just like I told you a minute ago with me and Carissa, any good relationship should begin with obedience. And this guy right here, this Ethiopian eunuch, he got it, and he didn't want to wait. He made the decision right away. Look, there's much water right here, Philip, right here. There's water right here. What keeps me from being baptized? He could have accepted Christ. And not been baptized. He could have absolutely done that. Just like I could have married Carissa and not had a ceremony. Just like I could be married to Carissa and not wear my wedding ring. Just like I could be married to Carissa and not go home any night of the week. He could have done that, but he said, No, I see that the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, has sook me out. And I want to show you and I want to show the world how much I appreciate that. This is a perfect example, perfect example that it's not the water that saves a person. It's Jesus. If it was the water that saves a person, Philip would have preached the water. It's not the water that gives the hope. It's not the water that gives the love. It's not the water that gives the joy. It is Jesus. I want to share with you this morning, Philip made that decision to be, or the eunuch made the decision to be baptized. And you know what? If, if you do any reading or on history, it is widely believed this eunuch went off and he started the first church in Ethiopia. He's credited with that. Whether he did, I don't know, but I know this. If you're not obedient in the beginning, the chances of you being obedient in the coming days are very, very, very slim. Yeah, you can accept Christ, but if you won't be obedient... In baptism, well, the chances of you being obedient in anything else is very slim. Yes, I could have married Carissa, and I could have went right out, and I could have lived a lifestyle that didn't look like I loved my wife at all. And eight years later, how do you think our marriage would be? It wouldn't be very good. So yes, you can accept Jesus, and yes, you can say no to baptism. You could say no to church membership. You could say no to coming to church at all. 
But folks, that relationship needs to start off strong for you to be where you want to be. And you look at any Christian, the ones that are the strongest in their faith, they're not the ones that are the most wealthy. They're not the ones where everything is going perfect. They are the ones that have a hope, that have a peace, and they're that way because they have walked with Jesus close ever since they made the decision to follow Him. But I read this story, and there's, there is often a question when to be baptized and when not to be baptized. This story answers that question too. Verse uh, 36, it says, As they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. Our churches, our world is full of people who have been baptized and didn't believe with all their heart. Baptism is a symbol of what's already occurred. It has nothing... If nothing has occurred, you might as well just go swimming. I mean, he asked him and Philip answered him. And that tells me that, hey, there is a reason not to be baptized. Think about this this morning. I could take this ring off and I'd still be married. And I could go put it on John Randall's finger. And he could put it on his finger and he could walk around and he could tell everybody he was married. And we'd laugh and we'd say that was cute. But this ring doesn't mean somebody's married. This world is just full of counterfeit Christians who are assuming just because they've been dunked that they have a relationship with Jesus, and that is just not the case. I could tell you that's my own story. When I was a young man in vacation Bible school, I must have been really young because I, I know the Sunday school room and it's got little bitty chairs. And I remember a friend coming back from the pastor's study, and he said, Well, Kevin, I've been saved. You need to go get saved too. My question was, from what? I didn't know I was in trouble. So I went to the pastor, and I know the pastor. I know he had the best of intentions. But I repeated some words after him, and I went back, and I said, I'm saved too. And I got baptized. And I could tell you this morning that absolutely nothing changed. I had no idea who I was. I couldn't tell you that I was a sinner. I couldn't tell you. I might could tell you that Jesus died on the cross, and I might could tell you that Jesus loved me, but I couldn't tell you why. I couldn't tell you why he died on the cross. I could, because I just didn't know. I was just ignorant. That's what I'm telling you this morning. Baptism doesn't save somebody. This eunuch, he had to be old enough, and he had... Philip said it, what hinders me? And he says, if you believe with all your heart, you can be baptized. If, you're, if you don't believe, if you don't know, if you're too young to understand, Lord knows if you're an infant. That's the reason not to be baptized. Philip answered this and he said, I believe. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He knew exactly what he believed and he knew why he believed it. Well, the rest of the story... Brother Kevin, I got into the teenage years and I just started feeling convicted. And I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I've been baptized and I, I'm kind of understanding things now. And I basically, I made the decision at, at the house and I just, I just prayed, Lord, I get it now. And I still felt convicted, still felt convicted going to church. And then finally, one of the young ladies who was in the group at Vacation Bible School, she went forward one Sunday and she said, Hey, I need to be baptized. I need to get this right. 
See, I saw somebody else going through the same thing I was going through. And then I made the decision after her. And then it all made sense. People ask, is it okay to be baptized twice? Is that the right thing to do? I'm not going to read it, but you can go read in Acts 19. There was a group of people who were baptized and they didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. They didn't even know about Jesus. I think it was Paul. He said, well, you guys need to be baptized again. And they did it. This morning, you just won't have peace if you started a relationship off bad. And that's what I had done. Well, here's, that leads to the next question. Well, Brother Kevin, what's the reason to be baptized? You're telling me it's symbolic? You're telling me it's just a symbol of what's happened? Then what is the point? You're telling me there's nothing special about that water? What is the point? I could tell you, and once again, this isn't Brother Kevin talking. This is the Bible talking. If you can find an example in the Bible different than this, you let me know. But there is not a Christian conversion in the Bible that did not begin with the baptism. To me, that's evidence that it's pretty, pretty doggone important. And even going further than that, there's not an example in Acts anyway of anyone waiting. They didn't wait. See, they, they realized what Philip realized. They realized what I said this morning, that, hey, this person died for me. This person wants a relationship with me. And they didn't wait. They said, hey, there's, bad, there's water there. Let's get baptized right now. Let's do it right now. It's a testimony to the world of what has already occurred. Why wouldn't you do that? The only reason I can say why somebody wouldn't do that is because they're ashamed. Or because nothing's occurred already. Are you ashamed of Jesus? Oh, it's such a shame that we start off, that many start off their walk with Jesus being ashamed of Him. Our marriage, me and Carissa, our marriage would just be horrible if I'd said, Okay, bye. I'm not wearing this ring and I'm not telling anybody I'm married to you. I mean, that's what it looks like when a person accepts Christ and, don't, and doesn't follow up with baptism. People accept Christ, they don't be baptized, they never come to church, they never participate, they're not part of the body. If they are part of the body, they don't work. Well, what message does that send? That sends a message that, hey, I, I've got salvation and I'm going to heaven, but I don't appreciate anything Jesus has done for me. Let me tell you, here's the thing about baptism. And I really think that people hold off on baptism because they get an idea that it's something that it's not. Baptism's not showing the world you're going to be perfect. It's not showing the world you're going to be problem-free. It's not showing the world that you're going to be able to answer every question. Like I said, you know, you that have been... Married, y'all know as well as I do that there is no perfect marriage. But you also know when you get married, you think it's going to be perfect. You got a honeymoon, and man, things look good, and then as life goes on, problems arise, and then you're trying to pay the bills together. And if, if I'm counseling somebody to be married, married I'm not going to say, hey, you put those rings on each other and everything's going to be perfect. That's not the way it works, and that's the same way it works with a relationship with Jesus. You're going to stumble before you walk. 
And just because you've been baptized, don't think you're going to be perfect. Just because you're coming to church every Sunday, don't think you're going to be perfect. But what it is, what baptism is, it is showing the world, it is showing everybody around you that the old you is gone. The old you is, is laying down and you're starting a new life. Let's show in the world, hey, this person, this Kevin is dead and something's changed inside of me and I'm not ashamed to show y'all. That old life could look a hundred different ways. For me, it wasn't a Kevin that was doing drugs. It wasn't a Kevin that was doing anything bad according to the world's eyes. It was just a Kevin that needed Jesus. For some of you, it may be an individual who's wrapped up in drugs. It might be an individual who's wrapped up in sexual impurity. It might be somebody that, that's just wrapped up in an addiction or a hundred different things. You need, if you've never been saved, you need to make a decision to be baptized in your heart. But if you have been delivered from that, man, why wouldn't you want to show the world? Show the world. Say, hey... Look what Jesus has done for me. You know, it's amazing. You watch some of these commercials. We're not ashamed to say what a product's done for us. I don't know how many commercials I used to see with Jared from Subway. Subway, look what this sandwich has done for me. This sandwich diet has changed my life. Folks, we need to go out like Jared and say, look what Jesus has done for me. It's showing the world that a new life has begun. It's showing the world that I'm in a relationship and I'm going to do the best I can not to let my Savior down. This morning, I, I just want you to know, just like the example of marriage, it's not the ring that makes me married. It's the ring that, that shows the world I'm in a relationship. Like I began this morning, not a person here was at my wedding. So y'all are all going on my word that me and Carissa are married. Nobody here has seen the marriage license. So y'all are going on my word. You're going at the evidence that I act like a married man, that I'm talking like a married man, that I've got this symbol on my finger. You wasn't there at my wedding. You can't see what happened. You can't hear the vows I said. But you can see the evidence. The world cannot see what's happened in your heart. The world can't see inside you. The world can't see the soul. But what can they see? The world can see the testimony of a baptism. The world can see your life trying to be as sin-free as possible. The world can see you coming to church. The world can see how you talk. The world can see how you walk. The world can see the fruits of the Spirit. So why wouldn't you this morning, why wouldn't you be obedient to what the Lord's calling you to do? I'm not preaching baptism, I'm preaching Jesus and I'm preaching obedience. I hope you enjoyed today's message on the river walk. I hope you understand better what baptism means and what it means to be obedient and to be in a relationship with Christ. The question I have for you today is, are you in a relationship with Jesus? If so, do people know that or are you ashamed to let them know? The Bible says that we should be baptized in obedience. 
The Bible says that we are in a relationship with Jesus and we should be proud of it. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. I encourage you right now today, make the decision and not be ashamed to be in a relationship with Jesus. Thanks. We hope you have a great week.